Good morning class and welcome back to another literature lesson where we are discussing the novel My Father Sonson Johnson by C. Everard Palmer. Now in last lesson we read and discussed chapter 8. Today we'll be reading and discussing chapter 9 of the novel. Alright, now the title of chapter 9 is building. Once again, the title is building. Let's get right into our reading. Towards the end of the summer, I helped father build an annex onto our house out in the front. A shop, he said tersely. That, of course, jolted me. A shop? He nodded. A shop? I'm going to show them, Rami. Yes, sir. Take that, Jake. He's just a herter. I mean, he set out to break me. This village and the business that goes with it is enough for both of us. But he had to break me. Why should he contrive to marry marry my... My... Debbie? Yes, why? That's triumph for you, son. I don't even think he loves her. He just had to do this to me. I can't understand why when some people grow prosperous, they crush the others. They even feed on them, Rami. Prosperous, they call themselves. Ambitious? I'll break that Jake, though, Rami. I'll break him. Yes, father, I said. Please do. A wicked consensus, but a necessary one. In October, we were digging some really prized yams out of our farm. There were some giants which weighed as much as 48 and 52 pounds. Oddities. But I'd say that our harvest was so good that the yams averaged out at 15 pounds each. Such yams. Nobody had seen yams such as these for a long time. In the old days, father said, but not recently. Our virgin land had paid off. Father reaped two tons in one big dig and stacked them by the road, drawing many a covetous eye. He called in a yam truck, which was already half full, and we loaded our yams on. Father was taking them to the city. I'll be back in three days, Rami, he said. Do you think you'll be all right? All right, father, you bet. Take care of everything. Don't forget the animals, he said, adding. I think you'd better eat at Betty's. Eat there? Why? Well, it'll be less trouble than for a boy to be cooking. Foolish me and Mrs. Hilcher was so good a cook. Yes, sir, I said, stifling my happiness. Mrs. Hilcher had developed recipes of her own, and everyone was superb. Max and I said goodbye to father. I was waving and he barking and chasing the truck as it pulled away. Father would be gone three days. I didn't mind being on my own at all. Indeed, I felt like a man. There'd be decisions to be made, and I would make them, I alone. The horses and the mule, the goats and the chickens were all in my care. 
I felt wanted. Wanted and useful. Avocado pears were coming in. In the mornings, I picked them up where they laid felled on their own account in the night. Ripe, they were good to be eaten with starchy foods. You combine them, not necessarily on your plate, more often than not in your mouth, just as you would combine butter with bread or biscuits, or something like that. Some species tasted better than butter. Egad, what a week I had. I thought much about our shop. What kind of shop did Father have in mind? He hadn't explained. What would he be selling? It would be small items, groceries and such. And with what chances? Jake had two well-stocked shops, which he called emporiums, and just about everybody bought from him. To be more exact, they had credits there. He had them tied up securely, and didn't that mean that he could set the prizes without any protest, or hold them almost in servility? Then it was that I saw Father's idea of having a shop. He meant to fight Jake on two fronts, the agricultural and the merchandising. He was bent on giving competition and in opening the people's eyes. Good father, I said. Fight him. I was so pleased. Small though it was, I looked at the shop with new interest and respect. I walked about in it, feeling the shelves solid under my fingers, and I dusted them lovingly. Father came back on Friday morning, and what a pile of goods he carried. Bales of cloth, remnants of it too. And in the gayest of colors, he brought combs, brushes, pocket mirrors, things for girls and women, items for boys and men, groceries, flour, sugar, salt, codfish, salt, pork, aerated water, tin food, you name it. I was convinced that Father wasn't joking when I saw that there were even beer and stout which were treated with no more seriousness than soda water, but which were drunk by men. So he meant to have the men down to gab too, because it was beer and stout that would hold them. I skipped school that day. I had to. He didn't want me to, but I insisted because I knew he was tired. His eyes were red from the sleep debt which he had accumulated over the past days and nights but he didn't care to have me around. He was now a powerhouse that didn't need much shutting down. He had his side somewhere, but where? Ah, heck, well quibble about that. It was good, good alone to know that he was moving up again. I knew that when he got what he wanted, the sun would be back in him, glinting as before, and once again, he would be Sunson Johnson. We stocked the things in neat piles. I had never seen a shop so compact or so pretty before. Father had good taste anyway, but I knew he had shopped meticulously this time to secure goods which were more attractive than Jake's. Good man. He had bought me some new shoes and a shirt and jeans. They were all very good, but I literally worshipped the jeans. We made handbills and riding marble with the colt, 
Pritchard tagging along behind in the nicest of canters and loops, I delivered them. Now this is the opening sign. Opening tonight, Johnson's Riverbottom store, cloths, groceries, beer, stout and soda water. Come on down and save. When they read them, some people snickered, some people laughed outright. But I saw some older men scratching their beards, their wives pondering with them. To them, father had become a new puzzle. Even those who had laughed were more sober about it when I saw them on my way back. You see, they didn't understand us anymore. And what they don't understand, people fear. I wondered about Jake though. How would he take all this? You know, I think father even had something more in mind than just serving up some pepper hot competition. Ma, he had in mind. He was jealous. I don't think he ever stopped loving Ma. I wondered if he wished to win her back. I had heard of couples who had got divorced and who had got right back together again and remarried. I would be happy if they were the first in those parts to accomplish such an odd feat. Because if father still loved her, then she too must have had a little tender spot for him. Still, and for me, more than a little. This was not father's effort alone. It was mine too. I was her son. So if and when you started to hurt Jake, as I knew father had in mind, what then? Ma couldn't remain neutral. No, she just couldn't. And even if she sided with her husband, she'd be torn apart. Some place, even two-thirds or one-third, four-fifths, one-fifth. Winter was coming, but somehow I didn't think it was for us. And what a crowd we had on opening night. They did not all buy. No, sir, they didn't. They came to satisfy their curiosity. But I saw some women's eyes popping when they saw the gayness of the remnant cloths and the low prices they were going for. They felt the cloths, letting the fabric ripple or run through their fingers, and Father allowed them, and I too. The men asked Father about the city and the road and the yam situation, evasive things such as those. They didn't want to talk about anything close to home, and I think they were wise in sparing Father this pain. They drank beer and rolled cigarettes and spat through the open windows as though they had practiced spitting through them for months. But of all things, the women were speaking of the prizes. They were so impressed. I can't believe it, one woman said. I got a bone to pick with Mr. Jake. His prizes... His prizes is all jacked up. And that was the consensus. I winked at father and he acknowledged with a chuckle. Our plan was working. They did cart off a sizable part of our wares too. But when one woman asked father if she could put something on account, he said, Father said, not this time, Sally. Sally looked quickly at him with a new understanding in her eyes then looked away just as quickly. Father was playing it wisely this time. They had used him and he was hurt. 
And when wiring Mr. Tomlin suggested to father that what he ought to get himself was a truck. Mark you, he meant no mischief. Father said as cool as a cucumber. Not now, Mr. Tomlin. Oh, son, son, he persisted. There's no problem. You just got to flash a few bills in the salesman's face and you walk out with a truck. I butted in before he had time to finish. No deals, father, I said. Everybody turned. Mr. Tomlin raised appraising brows and bared his eyes in disbelief. He touched his hat with some embarrassment. My son, son, he said. I see you got a snappy agent here. I do, father said and laughed. He winked at me. But father had said it himself, said it first. He wasn't ready for a truck as yet, although I was sure it was coming. But he would pay cash. From now on, he wouldn't mortgage anything away, nor himself either. The men advised father to expand, add new space. They longed to have more elbow room to play some dominoes with him. Father said, no boys, space for playing domino? Those days are past. While I was busy fiddling away, I lost every blooming thing. Not anymore, boys. Hooray for father. He was changed, reformed. When everybody was gone, we counted up the money. It wasn't much, but it was a promising start. We had opened up some people's eyes and would do better yet. Given time, we would. Mrs. Hilger was so pleased with father, but she didn't say it to him. To me, however, she revealed her admiration, although not in so many words. Your dad certainly changed, Rami. And I noticed the way she looked at him, so satisfying when she thought that no one was watching. One night over supper, I asked father, Would you marry again, father? That's not the sort of thing you speculate about, Rami. You don't know until you know. Yes, sir. A wise answer, but there was the element of hedging in it. He was playing everything so safely, and I said, Then how come I'm not like that? Like what? I'm going to marry. Well, well, he said, raising his head with sparkling eyes and wiping his mouth. So you've met her already, I see. No, no, but I didn't say that either. He just chuckled. He looked at me and just chuckled, then went back to his food. Aren't you going to marry Mrs. Hilcher? I asked on an impulse. Although he spluttered and he was putting me on, pulling red herrings across my thought path. Why? What makes you say that? I just know it, sir. And she's such a nice woman. Oh, and Donnery? Oh, she's okay, I guess, sir. He laughed at that, laughed a bit too heartily, as if he knew, and he did too, that I was calling good grapes sour or merely mediocre. You know Mrs. Hilger for a long time, sir. Uh-huh. Good woman, I said and made it sound as a benediction. How would you know these things? You just know them, I think. Hmm, was all he said. Well, people are things you feel. Have you ever walked into a room with, say, five people in it? Father, and you've never seen any of them before? 
and you know there's one there you who don't like you i mean you know it because you feel it with some people you're more natural and more relaxed take me and donna oops <laughs> father laughed i had said too much me and donna that made me shut up you don't give away something as tender as that in its early stages no you don't but that girl was as they say growing on me once she was just pretty but when prettiness and maturity merge beauty is what comes out of the union she was beautiful now but i had said too much and was blushing so hard that i got up with my plate and sought refuge in the kitchen life boomed along at a fast and hectic pace and we were enjoying every bit of it our shop was doing good business and i was getting quite accurate about weighing things first in my hand and then on the scale discovering that i was out a mere ounce or two at times our clientele was building and we got the news that jake was hurting not financially as yet but his morale was taking a beating and he hurt morally as well father had exposed his exploitation of the people and because of their grumbling he was forced to sell at more realistic prices however what must have bothered him the most was that father was back in the race and he dared not openly oppose him in any way he had mother and arlene and brad to hold him in check and blood as everyone knows is thicker than water and he was as yet water jake feared the people and he feared father most of all he feared that if father got hold of them got hold of them father took another load of his big yams to the city market and since christmas was approaching he brought back a prize of things quality goods i mean there was something for every taste scarves for the gate heart bordered handkerchiefs for the young men who would wear them half hanging out of their back pockets so the girls would see them had to see them balloons and firecrackers for children hams for housewives porter and stout for the men who would mix a grand egg punch on christmas morning everything father didn't unload his christmas stock just yet he piled them in the house and carefully he took inventory of what he had in store then he got me and donnery me but i asked her for help though i didn't really need it to paint a big cardboard sign on the front of the shop so the big cardboard sign said clearance sale we delivered handbills to that effort too i'm sorry we delivered handbills to that effect too father reserved his energies for marking on the prices i said marking on for rightly i should have said marking down but he didn't mark a single thing down he marked the same prices on only in bigger letters and numbers and in some cases he even added to them even a penny he added what's the idea father isn't it supposed to be a sale yep then why the same prices you'll see he said things like 
And the people came. In droves they came. Jake had never had one of these. He was too secure. How they came. But that wasn't the funny thing or the unusual. The funny thing was how they snapped up the goods. Everything from clothing to rock cloth. From lambs to chamber pots. From frying pans to plates. And they didn't even notice the prices. To them, a clearance sale meant lower prices. And the same thing which they had fingered and looked at thrifty for weeks, thriftily for weeks, they now snapped up, even hee-hawing at the bargains they had obtained. When they were gone and the shop was closed, Father explained, You see, but they had me for a sucker all those years, Rami. When you're good, that's the way you get paid. I'm merely paying them back in their own coins. What cold logic. But you added a penny, sometimes more, to some of the prices. A penny, he said. They still got away with something, Rami. Some of those goods were sold almost at cost. But, but why? To get them here in the first place, to draw them. My profit on the first outlay was marginal. I could only marvel at this new man who was my father. They had asked for it. Jake and everybody else, and he was giving it to them.